Hello everyone and welcome again to Motos and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Ultimate Motorcycling. My name is Arthur Coldwells. This week, Associate Editor TJ Adams and I get to ride a Royal Enfield Interceptor 650 for our travels around Brisbane, Australia, thanks to the team at Motorcycle Holdings who arranged it. In true Royal Enfield tradition, the Interceptor 650 features the larger twin-cylinder engine in a retro-style package, and it's got a ton of charisma. It turned out to be a really fun ride. We were pleasantly surprised by how well it performed. In the second segment, I get to chat with one of my longest-standing industry buddies, Robert Pandia. Robert was recently named CEO of the Buffalo Chip Campground in Sturgis, South Dakota. The legendary chip is the central part of the Sturgis rally every year. And with the redoubtable energy of Robert Pandia, I expect to see the attendance grow exponentially. We'll see. Robert's a fun guy to talk to. I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy this episode. I really liked it. Initial thoughts on looking at it. it it's retro styled. It looks nice and chunky, um, but it, do, it kind of looks friendly. It doesn't look intimidating. So I like the look. And then once I rode it, it wasn't as heavy feeling as I expected it to be. So that was, that was a bonus. I thought it, I was going to have to sort of give a real good fight with the handlebars, but it, it really liked to turn into corners and liked to do what I was asking it to do. So I was pleasantly surprised. I think when I got off and you asked me what I thought about it, I said it was... <laughs> you said it feels like an old mattress. <laughs> but by that I meant the sort of mattress that you last had your best sex on, you know, in a good way. I meant it was a nice feeling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I took it as, well, it's really soft, it's got almost no suspension, it sort of wobbled off down the road, but... No, you've been, but, you've been using the wrong mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> so you meant it's more like a familiar mattress yes that is uh you know firm and supportive <laughs> yes all right okay <laughs> but having said that i guess it was a bit soft feeling and then you adjusted the suspension i don't know how difficult that was i didn't watch i just racked up the suspension very slightly at the rear um all you can do is adjust the preload it's got twin shocks on it so you can kind of turn the, the spring, so where you've got maximum spring on it. It was set about halfway and I put it up to full. But that's because we were riding two up mm. and you had a heavy backpack as well. That's true, yes. And the, the, you know, the backpack hanging out the back on your shoulders puts all the weight way past the rear axle. So we were being pretty unfair on the bike good actually. Good point, yes, good point. We were asking a very different sort of a, a test ride from the bike. Yeah, I, I mean, my initial feeling was the seat, oddly enough, is one of the most comfortable seats I've ridden on. Mm. It's got that old-fashioned look, but quite often those are too wide. But on this bike, on the Interceptor, it wasn't too wide and it was comfortable after a long period of time. We went all the way up to the Sunshine Coast. We're in Australia at the moment up to the Sunshine Coast and it was perfectly comfortable on the front and on the back, you know, we did one each way. It felt great. I was really impressed by the comfort of it. We've kind of jumped ahead a little bit here. In terms of the actual bike itself, I was very pleasantly surprised. It's, I mean, let's be honest, it's a very inexpensive motorcycle. It, you know, obviously it's got the whole Indian heritage thing. 
I'm not sure if they're actually manufactured in India or if or not, but it's you know it's an inexpensive retro style motorcycle, so I tend to assume that everything on it is very inexpensive and therefore crap. It actually was not the bike. I was really I'm really impressed with it. Same. This is just a tiny thing I found when I was riding. You look down at the clocks; they're not completely in, in your point of vision, but that's often the way with these older stylized bikes. So that was fine, but it meant I got quite a bit of reflection off the burnished silver sort of disc features in the middle of the clocks. It's got two clocks, um, speedometer and revs, just a little bit there, but you know, you could easily do something with that if it really bothered you. But all in all, I, I felt like you, it was quite a solid feel. It didn't, for the price, you'd expect something a, a bit more flimsy or lightweight, but it was actually pretty you're right, I felt the same thing. Chunky it really feeling. felt solid. Mm. It really felt, dare I say, well built. Yes. Um, but there were, there were different details on it that I liked as well. Things like the clutch pull was nice and lightweight. Yes. And typically on cheap bikes, you've got these heavy clutches. This did not. It was really easy to ride. The gearbox was smooth and I never missed any gears. I mean, you just kind of click mm. through the gearbox. The whole thing works really, really well. It's a very well-evolved motorcycle. I would agree. Easy to find neutral, which is sometimes a bugbear for me with some of these, sure. these sort of feisty motorcycles. I noticed the foot pegs felt strongly rubberized. You know, you had a good grip on them. Yeah. So it gave that, as you say, solid feel, which I liked. Overall, I mean, the engine, it only puts out something like, I think like about 50 horsepower. When you, when you look at the specs, the specifications, it's whatever it is, you know, 50-something horsepower and about 40 foot-pounds of torque, or less than 40 foot-pounds of torque. So it is not a powerful motorcycle. It is not a torquey motorcycle. It should ride like an absolute slug. And I, I was very pleasantly surprised mm. that it was anything but. Yeah, it was quite... It had good pull, even two-up. As you say, we did quite a bit of two-up, and it, it went just fine, got us out of trouble a few times. There are some um, unpredictable <laughs> driving habits here. <laughs> the Aussie drivers, absolutely awful. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess that's a different subject. But yeah, I mean, it's got a six-speed gearbox that you could put it into top gear. If you want performance, you typically have to drop down a couple of gears. I mean, up some pretty steep hills heading up towards Montville and that kind of stuff. You definitely have to drop down the gearbox. It's redlined at something like 7,500 RPM, so it's not a high revving bike, but it produces power all the way up to, to the rev limiter. Mm. And if you need it, you can rev it. If you don't need it, you can just chunter along and sip fuel. Mm. It's a very impressive engine. What did you think of the sort of the smoothness of it? I mean, from the, from the back seat and even when you were riding it? Yeah, both uh, the front and the back, it was smooth. Even though it's not got complicated suspension settings, I thought it, it took the bumps well and yeah, rode smoothly on the road. I didn't feel at all. Yeah, there were almost, I mean, there's, or uncomfortable. there's a little bit of engine vibration. It's a parallel twin, but it's the right kind of vibration. It's low frequency. Yes. It's what you expect. It's never intrusive. It doesn't get across to the bars or the foot pegs. So you just ride the bike. You've got this pleasant thumping mm. as you just cruise along. Yeah, it's got a great sound. I really love 
the sound. Really great sound. Really great sound. But I didn't have any vibration on the mirrors, nothing no. to complain of there. No, it's great feel to it. Considering it's not a touring bike, I mean, this is the sort of bike you would buy if you were around town, going to cafes and restaurants, or you could commute That's on it. That's what it should be, is this sort of mm. cool, urban, retro-looking bike that just sort of chunters around town. It is way more than that. Way more. I'm really really very surprised it's so easy to prejudge something like that and just go it's a sort of cheap old bike it is anything mm. but it's got a very modern feel to it but it looks very retro so the look on it I mean it's oozing charisma it's got charisma up the wazoo yes. I mean, you can see that people sort of look at it and and think it's cool and people give you thumbs up and that kind of stuff so it's got that definitely going for it yes the power delivery on it is very amenable it's very easy to ride yes there's no sudden big hit of power um, but it, it, it builds nicely all the way through to the rev limiter so no matter where you are in the rev range and pretty much in any gear you've got power if you need mm. it if you want if you really want to overtake something or you want to sort of take off the lights you could rev it and and it will respond very and as nicely. you say you know you can always drop down a gear or two if it's yeah that, that gearbox is light and easy to use clutch is easy to use it's just a really super user-friendly bike. But even I was surprised at the quality of things like the switch gear. Yes. Switch gear is really good quality. I mean, the bike has a well-built feel to it. I'm sure there are sort of little things you can look at and complain about, but really, I, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't find any. I couldn't easy, find any. Easy to fill up with fuel gas. That was all sure. nice, nice handling. The, going back to the suspension, the... I was fully expecting the suspension to be really cheap and a bit harsh. You know, I mean, typically cheap suspension is kind of harshly sprung and not very well damped. So you kind of hit bumps and the thing, you get a kind of a jarring through. But the, the Royal Enfield Interceptor really did not feel like that. It absorbs the bumps very nicely. Riding around town, riding around Brisbane, it's, it's actually absorbs all the bumps and the and the, the rough road surface very well doesn't throw the bike offline and i was surprised how well it handles it turns in extremely well again it's not a race bike i mean if you come across some dude on a ninja he's going to go around the outside of you well yes but you can it's surprising how well it handles doesn't weave or wobble it turns exactly. in nicely we did quite a bit of lane splitting which is legal in queensland and it was you know straight as a die Straight as a diet. The really weight seems to be quite low down, which is yeah, good. That's a good point. It's very well balanced. So overall, I, I really like the bike. Mm. I'm sort of surprised how much I like it. And I was sort of looking forward to doing the podcast because I was thinking it's so easy to prejudge these, you know, cheaper motorcycles and kind of think, well... You know, it's going to be an entry-level bike. You know, somebody's going to buy it who can't afford anything else. And they're just going to sort of make do with its shortcomings and it'll be okay. You, you don't have to lower your expectations for it. Mm. You can keep the same expectations as you do with any other bike. It's less expensive than most of the middleweight motorcycles available. And it does a really good job. It does. If you're looking for something retro and something cool, but you're also fairly demanding with how well it works. The Royal Enfield is definitely a contender, without a shadow of a doubt. And if you like that naked look, it really is cool. Yeah. And it's got a centre stand. It does have a centre stand. 
which doesn't come standard with a lot of bikes, and that's a big yeah. help when you're, you, you know, yeah. doing a bit I of mean, work on it. it. It probably won't work on a track day, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> but for, for what people want it for, it's great, mm. really great. And I could actually get my feet on the ground. I'm 30 inch inseam, I think. Right. <laughs> You have to make sure you go around the pegs. The pegs are r were right in line with my legs anyway, but it, that was easy to do. I had to be front or back to get my feet on the ground to manoeuvre. Sure. Um, I don't mind sitting at the lights on my toes. It's, that's fine. So it, in that respect, I felt um, confident because I could get my feet flat on the ground. And I liked the way the side stand was easy to find. You know, they're all a bit different. Easy to find, nice and solid. You know, it's a good put down. It's a nice thick side stand yeah that was actually my only criticism is the side stand this is a, such a small point but the side stand tang is behind the the rider's peg foot mm -hmm. peg, somewhat yes. naturally and so when you push it down it's really easy to scrape the inside of your ankle on the foot peg oh. and I actually did that a couple of times oh. I was like ouch <laughs> <laughs> so obviously after doing that a couple of times I'm now making sure that I kind of push my leg out and around yes so I don't just scrape my leg um, but mm. man that is such a minor point I'm yeah. sort of almost embarrassed to and I didn't get it. that I didn't get that at all yeah it's just it's just a, a little quirk but yeah it's it's really good fuel injected it's fuel injections nice and smooth excellent response it's really a very good very good motorcycle. Well, and I think there are some accessories. I think Royal Enfield, I think you can have a screen with it. You can have soft luggage. You can put luggage on it. And it just so happens that we've got these ludicrous oil and gas prices. This thing is a sipper. It hardly uses any gas at mm. all. So that was very pleasant to find out when we went on a couple of long trips. Um, we hardly put any gas in the thing. Yes. We're just chuntering along. I think it's sort of a very it's a very surprising motorcycle it's great yeah i'd be awesome. really happy and proud to own one and be seen on it i think it's really cool looking we have all positives to say about well the, we have pretty the much Royal all positives to say yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's uh, if you're in the market for one of these i think it's definitely worth a look it's cool all right thanks and now I get to chat with one of my longest standing industry buddies, Robert Pandia. Robert was recently named CEO of the Buffalo Chip Campground in Sturgis, South Dakota. The legendary chip is the central part of the Sturgis rally every year. And with the redoubtable energy of Robert Pandia, I expect to see the attendance grow exponentially. We'll see. Hey, just let's make sure we cut out any Jeffrey Tubin moments that might pop up. <laughs> Who's Jeffrey Tubin? He's that CNN broadcaster that was caught masturbating during a staff meeting. <laughs> oh, does that mean I have to go put my pants on? No, <laughs> it just means you can't stand up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's all. All right. Okay. I'll do my best. I was yeah. just saying to TJ, I literally can't think of anybody more perfect than you to be in charge of the Buffalo chip. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. It's gotta be like praise. your that's gonna be like your dream shot, I should think, isn't it? I, I could just imagine your grandfather saying that to the captain of the Titanic when they kicked <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. But that thing's been around, I mean, from 
the buffalo chip was started what in 19 1930 yeah 42 years ago right right yeah. and sturgis has been around since what 1938 or something 38 yeah and it only took off i think one or two years during or maybe maybe it was three or four years during world war ii when they were saving you know uh resources right so uh, right right so it so but it started out as I mean, thanks to you, I've been to Sturgis a few times and I got a yeah. turn. I had a freaking awesome. I know. Time. Yeah. The amount of paperwork I had to do to get your ass in was unbelievable. <laughs> yes. I'm it sure. was easier to get like Alonzo and Alan Lane in because I'm like, yeah, it's the two black guys. Let them in. It's fine. <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, we had, it was, it was great. And, uh, I think most people don't, a lot of pe people who haven't been to Sturgis don't realize how good the riding is around there. I mean, sure, it's one big party, but oh my God, I mean, the Black Hills. Ironically, the biggest secret of the Black Hills rally is how great it is to motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Everybody thinks that it's just waddle fest down Main Street at Sturgis or, uh, you know, and, right. and that kind of thing. But that's part of it. It's a little bit like visiting... Um, um the statue of liberty while you're in new york right and so right. Uh, uh that's that's part of the experience but uh man it's just it's so beautiful out there and i tell you everything that i own that has knobby tires is going out there all my dirt bikes all my adventure bikes all of that stuff all that yeah. is going out there and i'm gonna buy uh uh you know a jeep or a, a old military jeep or a side-by-side -side or something like something like that to keep exploring because it's so beautiful out there so there's a lot of off-road stuff as well i was actually talking about on the road i mean the roads are amazing oh no man i tell you what the uh the adventure riding out there is epic to the point that komodo is hosting their um uh their get on adv moto fest uh they're doing two of them. And one of them is in Southern California with Jim Hyde at his complex out there. Okay. Um, and then um, the other one is literally based out of the Buffalo chip. And from the Buffalo chip, you turn out of the main entrance, take a left on a gravel road. And in less than 15 minutes, you're up into forest service roads that are just freaking beautiful rocks and, you know, and, and epic views wow. and, and uh and to your point all the twisty windy asphalt roads are that's a bonus anyway so uh yeah um yeah it, and it's also really i don't know if you remember this you remember how smooth the asphalt is out there oh it's perfect it's 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 like a billiard table going through the middle of the mountains you know it's it's so great so i love it perfectly paved roads yeah perfect corners i mean it was absolutely astonishing yeah i was i was completely blown away it really is and the only time that it's that it can be more expensive is during rally, right? Any any other time I've been there and I literally had a like a hundred year old cabin in Nemo on a creek that had been sitting on that footprint for a hundred years. And um it uh I think it was $69 a night or something like that. And it was it was just wow. Yeah, so the value is great out there. Uh, hardest part about the Black Hills for a lot of people is just getting there. But once you're there, holy cow, does it lay itself out? Right, right. So did we start so already? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's just a chat. <laughs> you sneaky bastard! Oh, it's. <laughs> I'm just gonna chit chat your way. Why don't you tell us about that time you hate your mother? Go for it. Right. <laughs> 
Okay, thanks. That's been our interview with Robert Pandia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my it's God. basically just it's a it's a chat. So I, I mean, but I I'd like to obviously talk about the buffalo chip just because it's such an iconic part of Sturgis now. It is the center stage for Sturgis. And somehow you've managed to finagle your way into, into running the thing. And I'm very curious as to where that's going to go. I mean, you know, you're a man of infinite ideas. So where, where's this thing? I mean, it's, I mean, starting at the beginning, I guess, the Buffalo chip started in the 40s. Uh, was it the 40s? No. No. No, let's let's do the math together. Today okay. minus minus 41 uh 42 years is what? Uh the 60s or something. 60s or something. Yeah. See, this okay. is why we're ladies and gentlemen, this is why we're in the PR and magazine business. <laughs> and we let other people handle math. We are and we let other people check the facts. Yes. But, <laughs> but basically <laughs> the buffalo chip I, I I guess the Sturgis rally started to um you know attract a lot of of the sort of the one percent of crazy biker types and there was a sort of a movement within the town that you know we don't want this rally and all these undesirable horrible people here and so the buffalo chip came about to sort of move it out of town and and really turn it into something interesting which of course they've succeeded with with spades yeah, well, I mean, if you, if you, all right, so the, the elevator lesson on Sturgis history, um, you know, it's starting in 1938, just pre-war, right? right. Uh, and, um, I, and that started from uh, uh, Pappy Hole, um, who he and his wife ran the local Indian motorcycle dealership. They wanted to bring customers in and bring people in. And so they started hosting racing and that sort of stuff. And um uh, his wife was named Pearl, Pearl Hole. And uh, just as you and I both know that uh, women are the backbone of society, um, the uh, uh, Pearl used to like cook food for all the attendees, right? You know, so it wasn't just like someone standing on a porch waving at them. They were, I mean, they were, they were full on hosting. Um, and then post-World War II, Sturgis effectively speaks to the history of American V-Twin. Very much so, right? So post-World War II, everybody's coming back. They're getting their, you know, WLA surplus, Harley Davidsons mostly, and, um, and then chopping them up and, you know, and, and creating customs and, and racing hill climbs. And, you know, back then there wasn't specialty bikes for everything. You just did everything on your one bike, right? Sure. And uh, they'd go trail riding um, and all that kind of stuff. And so Sturgis... It experienced the huge boom that was Harley Davidson in the 80s, all the way through the 90s. It uh, was the an epicenter of the custom motorcycle scene. Um, and within that history, 42 odd years ago, uh, the city decided that they didn't want the bikers camping in the city park. So that was really the catalyst for the Buffalo chip to happen. Sure. Because, you know, Woody was friends with a bunch of these, uh, you know, nefarious biker types. <laughs> and he just wanted to, you know, give them a place to crash, basically. And um, so he threw a keg party out in the field, you know, erected a small stage on the back of a, of a flatbed tractor trailer, I believe. And, and that started the whole thing. And basically the Buffalo chip has been a, a family run business 
since then. And, uh, and I'm sort of one of the first, uh, I am the first, I think, executive hire on the outside, you know, to, to come in. So um, it's not like all of a sudden we're going to get all super uptight and uh, um, that's, that's not what the Buffalo Chip's all about, right? not what the Buffalo Chip's about. No, it's not. But it's about, you know, the tagline is the best party anywhere. And it's literally that. And if I were to uh, uh, write my own job description for where I'm at in my career, I mean, it would be this job, literally. I just, I, right. I can't, I can't imagine something different. So I take some level of objection to your finagling my way into the job, <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> well, I, I remember you when we were there a few years ago and uh, Collective Soul was playing on the stage. And I remember you were hosting a bunch of stuff up on the stage. And, yeah. And yeah, you're so, uh, so good at that stuff. And I'm like, if ever there's a guy that's going to get the party started, it is probably Robert. So <laughs> I think I can be, I think in that in, environment, I think I can be entertaining for like the seven minutes that I need to be up there, <laughs> you know, so I'll just, I just got to save it all for that, like that time frame, right. And just be really tight in that. And then I can, that's all that's needed. We just need a guy to just come in, just light the blue touch paper and stand well back. Yeah. And, right. And, and off it goes. But I mean, on a more serious note, I mean, the Buffalo chip, they, they do a lot of stuff for charity. I've been, Reading yeah. the website, they've raised a lot of money. Oh yeah, we we almost hit, almost hit a half a million dollars just last year in in uh, in the activations. Uh, so I, that's one of the things I love that you bring that up because that's one of the things that that really uh, connects me with the with the Black Hills in the right. pandemic year of 2020. I wasn't working for the chip at that time, and I had left my time with Indian Motorcycle. Right, so I was in this gap, and I, and. To be blunt, I really had zero interest in being a PR manager for an OEM, you know, and trading my closet of Indian shirts for Honda or Husqvarna or something. You know what I mean? It was right, just like, sure. I'm like, I'd kind of done it for a long time and I wanted to do something different. So, so in 2020, August 2020, I found myself going up there. And of course, that was the, the heat of pandemic uh, stuff. And I already, I'd already gone through COVID at that point. So I was on my way up there and there was all this negative press about, um, you know, the rally still happening and the governor Noam saying, oh, no, we're, you know, South Dakota is still open for business and, and, and the city of Sturgis effectively admitting that, hey, everyone's coming. If we don't officially say that the city is open, that does not allow uh, budget that does not allow the police force to request additional assistance, that it literally shuts off all the things that you need uh, in order to have a ton of people show up in your town of 6,500 people, you know, and, and blow it out to several hundred thousand, right? Right. So the Buffalo chip really kind of um, led that and, uh, and Woody was on CNN all the time and, uh, and what struck me on my way to the rally is that had the rally been shut off and you can, you know, take your political position wherever you want, but just right. say it had been turned off. The amount of charity dollars that are raised for, you know, Abbott House and for uh, the local, you know, YMCA and, the, and, and all it, unbelievable, you know, veterans programs, police programs, all this, all this stuff would have just turned off. There's a laundry list of, yeah. of 
of good causes that, that they've yeah so to. on my way up there and this is just a this is how charitable motorcyclists are and it's something we can all do to you know pat ourselves on the back but on my way up there um you know i decided well i'm gonna do something me you know and i'm yeah i'm more connected than most people in the motorcycle industry but it was it was literally me and a handful of friends uh and we whipped up a logo whipped up the program it's a two-day drive from texas to south dakota so in, you know, when I come to a stop, I wrote the press release, we got the news out there, found a couple partners or whatever, and we launched a Meals on Wheels uh, campaign and to, to positively affect the citizens of Sturgis who are now like trapped in the house and you know, all these dirty, filthy bikers are coming, right? And, <laughs> um, and so, there, so the need was even higher for Meals on Wheels. So, um, you know, we set a soft goal of $8,000 for that. That was the 80th anniversary of the rally. And we nearly doubled it in. Wow. Uh, yeah. In, uh, uh, I think eight days that we were active. And that just helped feed people in Sturgis during the pandemic. Exactly right. In Sturgis and in the Black Hills, the kitchen stayed open as an essential business. They were able to widen their radius. And in the entire year prior, the Sturgis Meals on Wheels program had raised $1,300. So we raised almost 18,000 in right. eight days through the significant generosity of folks like uh, uh, Danny Dixon. As a matter of fact, I'm wearing a Dixon shirt, right? And uh, <laughs> Danny Dixon uh, and uh, Rod Woodruff at the chip, you know, and individual donors who literally just gave $20 at a pop-up tent on Main Street um, to, uh, you know, friends and my mom donated, you know, because it was just this, it was, it resonated, right? Meals on wheels makes sense for bikers. So um, anyway, we did that. And, and that really got my head spinning about the amount of charity work that we do. So the subsequent year, 2021, last year, I came up and I parked my Airstream up at the chip and I committed to everything I could do to anything that the Buffalo chip was doing for charity, I would do, right? And so I went out to all, you know, Biker Bells and the Legends Ride and uh, uh, all, the, all the different kinds of activations that I could to Flying Pistons was another one. So everything that I could do to, you know, to help the team be successful that way. And I think every time Woody turned around, <laughs> I was there um, doing this stuff. And he's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, I got nothing going on. You know, IMS show doesn't start for a while. So I might as well, uh, you know, come up here. It's only a thousand miles out of my way to come over here and, and help <laughs> right. you guys out. And so, so I did that and, uh, and it was great. And that started the conversation and, and boom, now I have an office responsibility and an office line. Right. But, it, but essentially, so nothing is really, there's no big plans to change anything big time. It's just simply no. keep gearing it up. I mean, how many, you know, how many visitors do you typically get to the chip in a, in a pre-pandemic year. Now, Arthur, are you asking me to give up information that is proprietary to the Buffalo chip? No, I was just curious. Just, I mean, there's, I mean, typically in pre-pandemic. He's trying to get, he's trying to get me fired within two months, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. I, I had no idea that was proprietary. Of course it is. What I can tell you is that we really wanted to go to go there um, this past year, 2021, because yeah. ZZ Top were headlining, yeah. and we were That's like, right. "We got to go see ZZ." 
And yeah. of course, the week before Dusty passes away, which just was gutting. And he then they still performed. And they still performed. They still yeah. kept going. But no, I, I was just sort of curious. I mean, bearing in mind that Sturgis attracts what, like three quarters of a million, you know, riders, you know, motorcyclists or people, yeah. I guess, to the rally in general. I was the Buffalo chip is absolutely huge. And when I was there, it, it, you guys have got to be running into six figures that attend. Well, we yeah, we. We probably, we probably, I don't need a precise number and I certainly don't need their names and addresses, but I was just curious. <laughs> I was just curious roughly what kind of numbers we're talking about. I mean, this is big stuff. Well, I'll paint the picture. So, you know, when people hear like, you know, oh, we opened up a campground, you might think, you know, it's a big, you know, maybe it's the size of a national forest park campground or something like that. It's 600 acres is the main campus, right? And wow. uh, in, during rally, that entire 600 acres is, you know, is covered with RVs and tent camping and, right. and uh, the amphitheater complex. We've got a shooting range. There's, there's people who literally ride in old school with a bedroll on their motorcycle all the <laughs> way up to million dollar prevosts that, you know, come in and park and then, you know, their buddy brings their helicopter over. And um, so it's, it's a wide gamut. And there's, there's just tens of thousands of people on any given night that are uh, inside an amphitheater. And then when we have the really big acts, your Snoop Dogs and Kid Rock and ZZ Top and, and the right. Doobie Brothers and, you know, that kind of thing coming into play, it's, it's, you can't see the color of the dirt. Let's put it that way. Anyway, oh, yeah. it's just, it's jammed. So, it, I mean, it's one of those things that's really powerful. A lot of people um, feel like that the chip equals Sturgis or the right. chip equals rally. Um, and they've grown to feel that way because of everything that we offer in one place at one time. In reality, it's like, yeah, we want to be a hub for everything that is Black Hills, you know, uh, um, Crazy Horse Monument and Mount Rushmore and Custer State Park and the Badlands and, you know, and uh, yeah. Devil's Tower and all that kind of stuff. Right. And that's, uh, that's that's really the draw of what the chip is is we you know we want to we want your days to be as entertaining as your evenings we just understand that it's kind of two different things sometimes so right um so yeah so tens of thousands of people to your point and i think that night you saw me acting the buffoon i think it was right before kid rock wasn't it uh no it was before collective soul oh before collective soul yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah yeah and so was... it's I got to, I got to, I did one on stage right before Kid Rock the first time that he appeared there, you know, and it's like, you stand up on stage and you look out and holy smokes, man. Oh, I mean, I don't think I have ever been in front of that many people in my life right? ever other than occasional TV stuff, but it I, is like, holy smokes, that right. is a lot of eyeballs looking at you. Right. So. And half of them sitting on motorcycles and, you know, oh, yeah. hooting, hooting their horns. And every time, you know, instead of applause, people like beat the horn, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like the jazz version, you know, it's jazz clapping. You know, it's <laughs> just, when you start to get really big numbers of people, there is something about that, that atmosphere, you know, that it just becomes electric and uh, just the, the pure joy of all the people there just having fun and, and just that sort of uh, common cause. I just absolutely loved it. I was so impressed. It's, it's really great. And it's an incredibly patriotic scene. You know, I mean, we, we wear the chip because of Woody wears its patriotism, like right on its sleeve, you know, and, right. and we do a lot of stuff to, 
to support military and veterans. And, and I mean, it's a laundry list that we do there. Right. But in, in an era where we're dealing with such like political divisiveness and, you know, and, and that kind of thing, to just be in a sea of gearheads and, you know, yeah. and there, all these folks with different perspectives and different, you know, paths in their lives and that sort of thing. Right. So just to be together in an area enjoying, um, you know, a life on two wheels. Like how lucky are we to, yeah. to be in this time and place to get to do that? Motorcycles are the great leveler and just to, yes. to be able to everybody put aside whatever differences they've got. And in the old days, it was like, well, you know, I ride an American V2N and you ride a, a rice rocket or, or what have you. Yeah. And nowadays, all that stuff has gone out of the window. And hopefully all the political divisiveness can go out the window, too. And it's just like, heck, we're all just lovers of two wheels. When you distill it all down, no matter what color we are, what what side of the aisle we we vote from, no matter what. You, that diversity of perspective is starting to be seen, you know, you're, you're asking earlier about the off-road stuff, that diversity of perspective is, is starting to be seen in the motorcycles themselves. So we can talk about how the industry is changing and all of a sudden here's Triumph is racing motocross and BMW's got an 1800cc heavy tourer and Harley Davidson's got a Pan America and, <laughs> right. and do, you know, Ducati's got a adventure bike coming that, you know, it's like, Sure. The mishmash product-wise that's happening is is reflective in that audience that they just want to. It, it ironically, the the leveler is just having fun on two wheels, and uh, and the Black Hills um, is just a fantastic place to do that. Just going all the way back to 1938, right. why wouldn't you do that here, right? Right. right. And um, so so we're seeing that kind of product diversity um, start to reflect itself in the different types of events that we're going to host out of the Buffalo chip uh, and, um, and the different audiences that we're seeing in there. And the folks who sponsor our programs are, are, you know, we're talking to them and going like, well, help us, help us grow this and we'll bring in different and new audiences. So there's, there's yeah. a lot that we can do there. And that's, uh, that's part of my primary responsibility is to not only grow the chip from, you know, attention and attendance, but to, to widen it on the calendar as well. Sure. Yeah. It's that, it's that welcoming side of things. In fact, I was funny enough, I was talking to a, a, a buddy of mine recently and he said that the first time he went to Sturgis a couple of years ago, he went on a classic triumph and mm. I guess something happened. I mean, of course it did. It's a triumph. So he's parked at the side of the road and he's looking at his map or whatever it is. And he said, and this giant line of hardcore Harley guys pulls up next to him and, and, uh, yeah. and uh, somebody looked across at him and he, he said, he kind of gave a bit of a deep swallow and he's like, I wonder what's going to happen here. And this guy, this is where around, I die. Right. <laughs> and this guy turned around and says, you all right. He goes, I am. Thank you very much. The guy went, cool. And they all rode off. And he said, and that really kind of epitomized it for me. I was like, you know what? This is going to be really great. Yeah. And but you probably, if he'd gone down that <laughs> line, he could have found the one guy who would have a Zener diode in his, in his pocket, right? And just pull it out. Do you need one of these? You know? And, and... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. So, uh, are you able to, uh, you know, give a hint as to anything that's coming up for this year's rally that might be 
might be interesting, a little bit of a tease? Well, uh, the axe, if, again, how to lose a hand at the buffalo chip is if, if, if I trump Woody in announcing an act. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I, I don't expect. Do that. I don't expect that. But uh... <laughs> so we, we we like to we like to trickle those out, Arthur. We like to we like to trickle the axe out a little bit, right? But uh, there is um, uh, this goes back to, a little bit to the charity stuff. But uh, connection with the Legends ride, we just revealed a very very cool uh, Harley Davidson custom built by our friend uh, Corey Ness. Oh, and nice. uh, out, of, out of the Arlen Ness shop. Okay. And the bike is absolutely reflective of the, like, of the, the, the current um, bagger racing league, like sort of aesthetic and performance okay. stuff. And that's the kind of stuff that's start, starting to pop up right now. Um, we will have some event announcements coming up. Um, not free to talk about that quite yet, but uh, you know, it's easy enough to get onto buffalochip.com and, you know, and sign up, subscribe for that uh, for that newsletter. And, and, you know, and, and then there's, there's also like the, the discounts get smaller as we get closer to the, to the event. <laughs> right. right. So each time right. we announce something, it's like, boop, 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 boop. Right. And so, right. uh, uh, we definitely want people to make that commitment, but we do have, we already announced uh, Snoop Dogg and we announced, uh, Rob Zombie, who's a incredible, you know, filmmaker as well as musician and, okay. you know, a really interesting cat. Um, we have a, um, uh, the motorcycles as art exhibit, uh, that's going to be announced soon as to what the theme is there. Michael Lichter runs that, uh, and that is, um, as nice. It's not as big, but is, is as nice a collection of custom motorcycles as you would see at handbuilt show or the one show or mama tried or anything like that, you know? Right. Um, yeah, no, I remember that. I remember that from a few years ago, the, the Michael Lichter exhibit. That was spectacular. That was really spectacular. I think that's yeah. one of those things that kind of gets missed out there, you know, for, for a lot of folks. But we're really proud to, to host it in, uh, you know, one of our nicest facilities on the campus there. So sure. uh, and then we're also we've got other partners that we're talking to that are going to bring a lot of uh, kind of value and entertainment and, and that kind of thing as to just being at the at the Buffalo Chip. Um, and um, let's see who my, I think you've met these guys before, Arthur, but uh, uh, Lloyd Greer and uh, Tim. Um, yes, these these. Yeah. So these guys have, have been buying up Indian motorcycle dealerships and they just they just purchased the one in uh, Minneapolis, but they actually have. So this is how it's changing. Right. They actually have a, a big shop. <laughs> right, right at the crossroads, and you can ride your bone stock motorcycle into it, and in a day they can do a big bore kit and exhaust and flash a map onto it, and then tune it all up. Wow. You literally can ride in on a stock bike, and a day later, they you know, in the meantime, you know, they've pulled the frame off of your bike, and they're changing the jugs out and the cams and all that sort of proprietary stuff, right? Oh, and then yeah. all you got to do is walk around and check out the vendors, and there's a crossroads bar across the way, and there's like a wall of death with bikes spinning around, and you know, there's like there's so much activity to do, and I don't think, I don't think there's anywhere on the planet where you can ride your stock bike in, get you know, uh, get a, a 35 percent boost in your performance on the, and on the way back out and enjoy the rest <laughs> of your week on your, on your hot rotted uh, uh, Indian. So. Um, that's really so yeah, you know, as far as a preview of what's going to happen, we're a little bit early in this year to announce some of our new events and that sort of stuff, but it's worth paying attention. Even if you 
can't begin to imagine enjoying uh, Sturgis and the rally if you're so far away from that 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 you just don't even want to see four Harleys in a row, right? Uh, there are going to be enough other things going on in other times of the year where it's going to be interesting to come out because the Black Hills are always beautiful. And, you know, the, all those national parks and monuments are always there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, uh, getting a cruise around that area is, is always worth it. So Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I was, um, I kind of fall into that a bit. I mean, I grew up in England, so I was never part of the American, you know, biker culture. I'm not part of the Harley culture. I never have been. I'm much more of a sport bike guy and a track guy and, and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So I could never imagine myself really going to Sturgis. And if you hadn't have sort of forced the issue with the, with the new Indian launch a few years ago, I, I might not have ever have gone. But I got to tell you, I was shocked, shocked and surprised in a really good way. Absolutely freaking loved it. And then when you brought us back again a couple of years later for the Scout, I was like, woohoo. And, and now I'm, I, I've, I've done it enough. I'm like, I have to go back. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely go back this year and, and uh, we'll take the toy hauler. My, uh, my only uh, slight misgiving was last year, like I said, we wanted to sign up for ZZ Top. I went on to uh, the Buffalo Chip Camping. There was one spot left. <laughs> freaking spot it had the red circle and line going through it and it said no brits <laughs> right. yeah we should have done <laughs> yeah it said fuck off arthur on there. <laughs> right. yeah it's like robert what have you done <laughs> sorry that's how i got the job arthur right. you out. Yeah. <laughs> the british are coming the british are coming and so fixed it yeah yeah well anyway but uh yeah, so that was the only snag is that the thing freaking fills up about it months ahead. It's it's worth it's worth the effort. I tell you what, the um, you know, the camaraderie and the fun that you can have over there and the yeah. you know, if you want to spend a lazy day, uh or, you know, we've got a natural um spring fed uh, uh pond, we call it Bikini Beach. Right. Um and uh and so there's a, you know, there's like a rope swing and you can just chill out on the deck and drink daiquiris all day long if you want to and then right um uh just all kinds of other activities to do right on the campus right so so it's worth it's worth the effort oh yeah it's it's possible to attend the sturgis rally and never leave the buffalo chip if you felt that, that. Is, we have people who do that yeah it's unbelievable that you know they've done that now but i, I do want to make you feel better about <laughs> your your prior experiences i i'm not going to roll him under the bus however Okay. I did speak to a gentleman who you and I both know right. uh, quite well, um, who is in the AMA Hall of Fame, who is a nationally known uh, person, if you're uh, uh, an enthusiast, and within the industry is like one of the pillars of the industry, who in his entire life has never been to the Black Hills before. So um, wow. you can imagine somebody who's got that kind of provenance in the motorcycle community right. hasn't come out. So I think I think it's just that, you know, there's plenty of people who have not discovered it because of their particular motorcycle bias. But I think part of our responsibility to the Buffalo chip and the amount of attention that we can draw is to uh, is to widen that perspective and begin to have the adventure riders and the dual sport riders coming out. Yeah, so. I had uh, I had my mind changed for sure. And I I think there's a lot of potential there to to do that with a lot of other people. At the end of the day, as we said, we're all motorcycle guys and there's so much commonality there 
that even though there are going to be you know areas within that necessarily aren't aren't quite your kind of thing there will be others that are it's a world of options and i remember i mean that's when you that's when you committed to getting a full set of chaps tattooed onto your legs i remember that <laughs> right yeah <laughs> well on that note yeah thanks a lot <laughs> How to Close a Podcast by Robert Pandia. (laughs) (laughs) I always appreciate talking to you, Robert. You are a very entertaining young man. (laughs) Well, I I appreciate the the number of syllables in that sentence. Thank you very much. And uh, if, uh, uh, you know, I I know you guys are going to come out and visit. You've got a rolling mansion anyway, you know. And so um, I think when it comes to... uh, my like sort of company slogan we all have these like little slogans within within the buffalo chip like who gets stuff done or whatever um i think mine is going to be uh uh i know a guy and on the back of my shirt will say i am the guy so uh nice i like it (laughs) so i think i think that's going to end up being it but i hope i hope you come out and come visit us um come ride with us and uh whether it's during rally or not. And um, we will, uh, I promise you, we'll have fun out there and, you know, bring your friends, just keep wearing your pants. So we don't have to see those chaps. Okay. I will. All right. Okay. All right. Hey, thanks, Robert. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks. Safe travels to you guys. We'll see you later.